views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the hosts and represent no other individual, organisation or entity. And we're reaching the end of the summer, aren't we, Adam? Yep, the end of the silly season and recess will be over soon. How many more weeks have we got? Have we got just one more week of recess or is it two weeks of recess? I'm not sure. I'm not sure when they return. I know they're already sorting out a pay rise for themselves when they all get the sack in a few months' time. Yeah, well, I did actually. I was an independent body when I watched it on GB News. But, yeah, they are getting advice if they lose the seat. Um, but it is, it is to pay out the staff that work in the office because, obviously, they do have to go by the laws and pay out redundancy, etc. The Conservatives know that they're going to lose an awful lot of MPs, so there's going to be a lot of MPs in that situation, so a lot of their mates are going to be in that situation, so how surprising is that? And poor Nadine Doris is going to miss out because she's just resigned. Yeah. What a shame. But she was forced to resign. That's Adam, I'm Roger, and as you just got a taste of there, we break the news every week. We're here at Adam's place. Before we do get into it, how's your week been, Adam? Oh, well... I don't know if I have a job or not. Oh. So that's not a great week. Um, Like I said, I don't know if I'm going to get any more work, but I'm looking for better stuff. And it's no secret, my employer knows that I'm looking for better stuff. I just want something with fixed hours. Onwards and upwards. I'm back at work myself on Tuesday, and I've had a brilliant final full week of the summer holidays. I took my kids to Blackpool Pleasure Beach this week. In fact, we all went, my whole family and my in-laws. And yeah, Blackpool Pleasure Beach was pretty good. You pay to get in now, which makes it a bit better, actually, because the queues aren't as bad and it's not as crowded. But it's still got some of them down market problems that you only get in Blackpool, like people who shout at you from the gambling stalls, you know, like hook a duck and throw a ring around a bottle, all that, you know, oh, come on, win a prize, come on, mate. You know, it's like, I've paid to be in here, leave me alone, I don't want to gamble, mm. especially on your rigged game. Another thing they did that's quite scummy is they've got someone walking around there dressed as Gromit, you know, from Wallace and Gromit, mm-hmm. and your kids can go up to the thing and, and hug it, but you're not allowed to take pictures because they charge for pictures. That is scummy, isn't it? You know, getting the kids to run up and, you know, want their picture taken. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can have your picture taken for a fiver. That's a bit scummy, that. And question was, was it public land? No, you're on private land. It's back to the Pleasure Beach. Fair enough. They can charge what they want, though. They can, but tricks like that, you don't get Flamingo Land and Gulliver's Valley. So it's a bit down market. Just leave people alone. Let them go around the park and enjoy themselves, I think. But. We had a good time, went on lots of rides. Me and my brother-in-law are feeling our age. We just can't handle riding lots of roller coasters anymore. By two o'clock in the afternoon, we were all done, you know. We just wanted to stroll around and, and which, see the Which day did you go? We went on Wednesday. Wednesday. The day before roller coaster day, then. <laughs> yeah, the day before the GCSE result. <laughs> roller coaster. And surprisingly, none of us have actually got an article about that. Have you promised to do roller coaster what's last week? But... Yeah, I've found a few articles with roller coaster in, but there's nothing much new to say about the GCSE results this year. They're down slightly. But they're still above peak pandemic. And there's lots of room for boys to improve, but I think the system needs to improve for boys. Is there the system that needs to improve, or is that 
the boys that need to improve themselves. Definitely both. Because from what I've witnessed, boys are usually more likely to be up to mischief rather than focused on the education. That's just a personal grudge. They are, but if boys are up to mischief, there's usually a reason why. You need to get to the bottom of that reason and find ways to engage boys. But more effort from boys to get engaged would be good. How do you change the culture? That's the thing. I always just thought that men boys are more likely to be up to mischief anyway. You often see them more likely to commit crimes and do naughty things. So I think you're right, Adam. So as educators, the question is, how do we focus that energy into something else and something positive that isn't crime? That's what good educators should do. Yeah. And I think young men need more and better, stronger role models than they're currently getting. And I think boys are being very underserved at the moment. That could be part of the reason why the GCSE results are, for boys are a bit down. We'll see, because you can't always tell the trend over just one or two years and COVID has thrown everything out of whack. So we'll see what they say next uh, year. Yeah, that is true. COVID may have had a bigger impact on boys if they were less willing to sit down and actually get on and do the work at home. So maybe that might have caused the discrepancy, but who knows? And I have three stories all about men <laughs> this week. And in fact, I've got weirdly two stories that revolve around sports, but we've got a lot to talk about. So I'm really looking forward to spending the next 40 minutes breaking the news with you, Adam. Yeah, 40, maybe two an hour, but we'll see how long it takes. If you want to be a part of this show, you can email us at breakthenewspod at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you and involve you in the show. You can send us audio clips. You can just write us an email or a WhatsApp if you have our details. Send that to us. Be part of it. We'd love to hear from you. The biggest news of the day up until Nadine Doris resigned on today, the 26th of August. World football governing body FIFA suspended Spanish football President Luis Rubiales for an initial 90-day period because... Rubiales kissed midfielder Jenny Hermoso on the lips during the medal ceremony after Spain won the Women's World Cup final. I remember watching that medal ceremony and I didn't spot this. I didn't think any sort of atrocity had taken place at the time, but clearly it's not looking good because he says the kiss was consensual and Hermoso says it was not. 11 members of the women's team coaching staff have resigned, but manager Jorge Wilder is still in charge of the team. FIFA says that in addition to the suspension from all football activities, neither Rubiales nor the Football Federation are allowed to contact Hermoso. Rubiales has vowed to defend himself and prove his complete innocence, according to the Federation. Now, I wanted to bring this up, Adam, because when I first saw this, my reaction was, well... He's got excited in the moment, you know, he's grabbed her and given her a kiss. It's not that big a deal. And she looked undisturbed by it at the time. However, since then, she said, I'm not happy with it. It wasn't consensual. So, well, what do you think he should have done at that point? Uh, well, they should have took it a bit more professionally. They should have asked permission before he did it but like I said that would have been a weird thing to do so yeah he probably shouldn't have gone ahead and done it to be honest we've already talked on this podcast about men and how men behave and what men should do so he's obviously got in the moment too excited here he's grabbed her given her a kiss she's not happy about that but what this guy has done is said she consented to it she definitely consented to it it's all fine and I think what he really should have done is just said do you know what 
I lost control of myself. I was too excited. Yes, I grabbed her and kissed her. I should have asked. I acted like an idiot. I am sorry. That might but have died the whole thing all, down. Well, it's, it's always the case that you always see. They always want to defend themselves, don't they? But I think just saying I got carried away, heat of the moment, is enough of a defence. Mm. I and think that would be understandable. I, I was just amazed there by what you read out. You said 11 members had resigned, so... Yeah, other coaches have resigned as what, well. Just, just over that kiss? Because they don't want to be associated with someone who assaults women. Because that's what this has turned into. Because and a, I thought an assault was like an attack. This is now being framed of he has grabbed her, he has kissed her, she did not give consent. All of that is true, but I'm put in mind of, have you ever seen that picture of, I think it's the end of World War Two of a soldier who grabs a nurse in Times Square and kisses her? It's a very iconic photograph. I haven't seen that. Uh, right. yeah, I didn't even click on the article. I, I looked at the top star in a far... Well, what's this doing as a top star? It didn't even uh, interest me. I never even clicked on it. It's this whole thing behind it of consent and how men should behave. But I think it's also that if you make a mistake, just, just own up to it. It's not okay to lose control and to assault women. But in this case, he just went a little bit too far. If he'd have just said, I'm sorry, I messed up, I think he may have been able to save his job. Certainly get a lot shorter suspension. Give it a day or two. Once his story rumbles on him, we'll probably go. I think if he's smart, he'll apologise and resign, and maybe in three or four years' time he'll be able to forge himself a new career because clearly he's probably a talented coach. I mean, the Spanish team won the World Cup, for goodness sake. He had a good night, and but he, he, he overstepped the line. So. And he should apologise instead of doubling down. I think both of us agree. Like I said, it's not about football, it's about men's behaviour, if you ask me, Adam. Yeah. We're on to a more familiar territory now for us, yeah, financial Marley, matters. I seem to be the main person that covers the financial matters, uh, either financial stuff or moaning about migrants, but today we've got the best of both worlds. This were an article from The Independent, so it's a left-wing source. Shocking new figures revealed that one in three private renters approximately over 2 million people have resorted to borrowing money within a month to cover their rent expenses. This distressing situation is outlined in a recent survey by Charities Shelter indicating a crisis in the private rental sector. Housing charities are expressing concerns about the unprecedented challenges faced by private tenants. The survey exposed that 33% of respondents had to borrow money to pay their rent in the past month, the highest rate since before the pandemic. This desperation has led to various measures including credit card usage, overdrafts, loans from family members and even payday loans. Among these respondents, 15% used uh, credit cards or overdrafts, while 8% sought financial help from friends or family. The report from Shelter also highlights that 50% of working renters are just one paycheck away from losing their homes. Additionally, 34% of respondents wouldn't be able to cover their housing costs from savings 
if they lost their jobs, marking a nearly one-third increase over the past two years. This precarious situation is a result of the escalating cost of living. The lack of affordable housing exacerbates the issue, forcing many to contend with exorbitant private rental costs due to the scarcity of social homes. Renters are left with few options and the situation is unsustainable. Rent hikes are further driving the crisis with the Office of National Statistics reporting a 5.1% average rent increase in the year leading up to June 2023. The government's previous promises to protect conditions for renters, including banning no-fault evictions and enacting the Renters' Reform Bill, have not yet translated into effective measures. Housing targets have been scaled back and proposed planning reforms to address the housing shortage have been abandoned. Despite these challenges, the government maintains its commitment to affordable housing and cities, the delivery of over 659,500 new affordable homes since 2010. In the face of this dire situation, housing charities are calling for urgent action to address the housing emergency and ensure genuinely affordable alternatives to the current private rental market. They stress the need for policies that support social housing and offer security to tenants while preventing excess rent increases. Now, Roger, what do you think about the rental market at the moment? Do you think this is a concerning issue? Do you think it shows a two-tier system in our society? Or do you think it's these people's fault? How would you put it? I think the idea of renting is quite a toxic and terrifying one. I've fortunately only rented for a few years in my life. I mean, I've rented when I was a student, but that doesn't really count. Um, When I was actually looking for a home, I only had to rent for a few months, fortunately, because we were in a financial crisis. I managed to get a pretty good mortgage deal at the time. But I really fear for anyone who's renting at the moment because you're just throwing money away long term. You're not making an investment in your own future, are you? No. And rental rates now are getting even higher than mortgages because there's such a high demand for rent. Yes, that is a massive issue um, in the um, UK. People are now having to pay, on average, £1,243 per month. Every area is different, obviously, but that's across the UK, including London, but you'll get different different sources, but that's July 2023. That is, that's about three times more than I pay for my mortgage. I know. That uh, is a problem. It is a lot cheaper, but you're still talking in the hundreds of pounds and hundreds of pounds of money just to be spent on rent. Mm. Excluding London, it's still £1,037 per month. So £1,000 a month being thrown away by rent. It's no surprise that people are in trouble here, is it? And if you are borrowing to rent, then 
you are in real trouble. What are you doing? Don't don't borrow to rent, kids. But you can't afford it. Except you can't it, afford it. The, the thing about it, people are borrowing from family members, so they won't probably won't have to pay it back. So some family members, but then when people are borrowing on overdrafts and stuff, they're getting themselves into real trouble here. Live with those family members. Don't yeah. borrow off them to rent. You're making them poor. You're making yourself poor. So you'd be better off trying to see if anyone will take you. Maybe it is part of the I want it now, now, now culture that I've talked about before on this podcast. You know, people don't want delayed gratification. They want their nice, big, posh flat now. And they don't think twice about borrowing to get it, even though that's unsustainable. Sorry, but that's not the way life works. I think a mortgage is okay, and I'm going to explain. A mortgage is fine. A mortgage is fine because the property prices, they generally go up. So... It's actually a good investment to invest in a house. I know that you do have to pay interest on your mortgage, but for the amount that property prices go up, you're actually outstripping that. So I actually think a mortgage is a fine investment. I think the trouble is when you're renting, you're just practically throwing money away to the landlord. So you're going to have to make sure that you can get a mortgage before you start renting, maybe get a better job or whatever. Mentioning mortgages, Adam, this will blow your mind. Before the 2018 financial crisis, you could get a mortgage of like 105 to 110%. So in theory, someone walking past your house owned more of your house than you did because you've got negative equity. Yeah. How crazy is that? And that, that, that was one of the theories, the, flat, the, the ridiculous lending that caused the People say that cars the financial yeah, crisis. Because it, it's borrowing to borrow, which is what I've talked yeah, about here. And then, because the obviously people are borrowing, and the banks raised interest rates slightly, people couldn't afford that, and then there were a massive crash. Thank goodness for the financial savvy of my wife and my financial advisor that we're able to hang in there in our home. I do think that the rental market is in a mess, and I think one of the biggest problems of this is our exponential growth in our population and not building enough supply of houses. And the article there does talk about how the powers that be are trying to build more houses, but that's going to take time. Yeah, houses do take time to build. And the population, especially the amounts of students, people that come in and and immigrate into the country, they all need new homes, don't they? So that, that obviously inevitably makes the rental market even tighter, which squeezes those rents up even higher. And if landlords feel that they might not be able to get the property back, they're much less likely to let the homes out as well. So you've got everything squeezing the rents up so that greedy landlords can go and make a fortune out of it. There has been a big issue regarding immigration over recent years, and the UK is witnessing a surge in Asylum seekers awaiting decisions, hitting a record high home office data, shows over 175,000 people were awaiting refugee status verdicts in June 2023, a 44% increase from the prior year. PM Richie Sunak's goal clear the legacy backlog by year end has prompted an average of 2,061 monthly case resolutions since December 2022 to reach the target. The Home Office 
must process 11,311 cases monthly with 67,870 remaining. The legacy backlog pertains to asylum applications pre-June 2022. The figures indicate rising asylum claims, withdrawn cases, visas issued and government spending. And alongside this, uh, the, which barely got any mention from mainstream media, was the amount of visas had also increased, particularly to the dependence of students, not students themselves, but also the dependence of family members. So we're also seeing immigration at that point. And obviously, once these asylum backlog do get cleared, it's, um, I know they're in hotels at the moment, but a lot of these will go into the rental market as well. So there is a massive problem in the UK here, isn't there? Yeah, and a bit of rough maths tells me that at their current monthly rate yeah. and the amount of cases they need to process before the end of the year they will need to work five times quicker to get through them all not just that we're also getting many more migrants that are actually coming into the country in the past week we have seen hundreds of people coming in every day so now August has been a massive month, so we're actually seeing huge numbers coming in. I don't think it were as high as last August. August is generally a busy month. Nigel Farage did explain quite well this week, and yeah, doing days, and obviously having my shifts cancelled, I can't watch Nigel Farage. He did actually mention that, obviously, for the second half of the year, it is usually higher because the waters are warmer, so migrants are much more likely to cross, which makes a lot of sense, and August is a peak time of that. Obviously, the sea does take time to cool, so I can understand that. But like I say, large amounts of numbers coming every day is a problem. It's adding up there to about 2,000 this week, isn't it? Yes, that's the problem. So how are we going to clear this backlog if they, if they keep coming at that bit? And 2,000 in one week is the amount that that article said they get through yeah. in a month. <laughs> so and, and, and I think that's an under-report as well, because yeah. from what I heard... Is on the 21st of August, GB News on the day initially said that there were 16 boats and that there were 800 migrants, so I don't even think that they're counting them all. So, so what miracle is Rishi and Suella going to pull out to solve this? It's not happening, is it? No, and like I said, we were talking about it being really quiet, but obviously that was because of the weather, but as soon as you kept those... Light, flat, calm days with barely any wind. Look what happens. You get them all crossing in the hundreds. We haven't had a date that's over a 1,000 this year, so maybe there is a slight improvement. It'll average out eventually. Yeah, but there has been hundreds, and it has been quite consistent this week, so that's not good. That is not good at all. And from what I've seen, there are people wanting to come across because the boats that they have been sending across have had more people on this year, so that's not a good sign. Maybe it's just the fact that the weather has presented them from coming over, and that's the reason why there's been less. But like I said, the boats that have been coming over, I think the one that had 70 or 80 people on, but they're getting really overloaded. The smugglers are well overloading these boats now. And this epic fail to deal with all of this is one of the reasons why Nadine Doris is probably right, and that history will not be kind to Rishi Sunak. It wouldn't be so much of a problem if all of these migrants were fair, upstanding, lovely people. 
But you've got an article this week that kind of shows the opposite, doesn't it? That yeah. gives paints quite a concerning picture of some of the migrants that we get in. Yes, yeah, so this was from GB News and it was an exclusive from them. So young British women sometimes in states of undress and appearing intoxicated are featured in social media videos used by ruthless people smugglers as revealed by GB News. These videos found on multiple Instagram accounts with hundreds of thousands of followers aimed to lure young men into using criminal gang services for travel to Europe and the UK. These accounts, identified by expert sources as fronts for smuggling gangs, also depict migrants using illegal routes by land and sea. Instagram is investigating this matter after being informed. The UK Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, denounced these gangs for exploiting social media to facilitate illegal journeys and announce a cooperative effort between social media companies and law enforcement to combat such content. Notably, smuggling posts are shifting towards using emoji instead of text to evade algorithms. So what did you actually make when you heard this news break this week? Did it shock you? I think it's bad all round. Sadly, we all know the images that they're talking about of young ladies leaving our nightclubs scantily clad in a vulnerable state, and it's not good. They get dressed up to go out, put loads of makeup on, the makeup is uh, trying to show attractive young women, so then they'll think, oh, this country's full of attractive young women, so we want to come over. I think they think more of it than that. They think that the women in this country are easy targets and it's almost predatory, e- easy prey. You know, look at the women in Bradford on a night stumbling out of the clubs. It will be, you know, very easy to talk to one of those ladies, take them home, take advantage of them. And that is tremendously scummy. And I hope that young ladies out there are taking measures to protect themselves because no one looks good in this. I think people should be careful on nights out and be careful how they conduct themselves. But at the same time, everyone has a right to be safe and protected. And I think it's really scummy that one of the things that they're saying is great about our country is our easy women. That's very disheartening. Yeah, and I think these smugglers that are up to all this illegal business anywhere... The social media companies should be acting very swiftly to take these accounts down and uh, prevent them from going up there because, like I said, they're engaging in smuggling. Social media companies should be able to see the posts when they're reported, but they seem to be very slow to take them down. But when someone says a hurtly feeling comment, they're very quick to take them down. Without decent AI and automation, it's very hard to get these things down because it's whack-a-mole, isn't it? And because they are investing in AI, that's the reason why they're turning to emojis by the sounds of it. You see a lot of video-based stuff rather than text because text, the AI spot, obviously videos, it's probably much harder for the current AI to spot. All the more reason for 
Rishi and Chums to do something about it. But they won't because they don't care. They don't care about this country. They think that this country is an economic zone. It's not a country. They're not bothered about it. I'd be surprised if Rishi even stays in this country after his tenure as Prime Minister is well, over. This country's being used as as a money-making country, not a country to live in, isn't it? Exactly. It's, it's like we're a resource to be exploited and milked. Yeah. And sadly, a lot of our leaders seem to be in agreement with that. Of course, they don't say well, it out loud. They're always trying to say, oh, we've got to get GGP growing as fast as possible. Go for growth. People want to have a live a decent life as well. But I guess conservative minds are naturally focused more on money anyway, aren't they? So. I don't think it's just conservative minds, Adam. I think it's the whole elite and ruling class we have because that ruling class is still there I'm convinced of it at the moment do you think they'll find a way to win the next election though the conservatives nowhere if they find a way to win the next election do you think we've got a problem if the conservatives win the next election then that's probably a sure sign that they've pulled off some sort of miracle and made the country prosperous if if they haven't pulled off a miracle and they just campaign hard and managed to win a next election, would you be more concerned? I'd be flabbergasted. You'd have to peel me off the floor. Because <laughs> I, I bet you were shocked when they won 2019 with a massive um, majority that were bigger than ever after the Darwin had been in nine years. I was shocked yesterday when Leo Curse on GB News headline was, was saying um, to another comedian, Andrew Lawrence, oh, do you think the next election result will be a hung parliament. Do you think it'll be close? And Andrew Lawrence was just a bit laughing at him, saying, but you are joking. It's not even going to be close to be close. They're going still, to be decimated. still a lot of time. What about it? if Labour messed up or Keir Starmer did something that would corrupt? So there's still time for Labour to collapse. Labour would have to do mind-bendingly badly. Yeah, but it could still trigger a hung parliament, though, if they collapsed a bit. It could. Anything could happen, and we'll be watching it to see... What does? Yes, um, but for now you've got two more articles to finish off. So yeah, I'll let you go ahead. On to overseas matters now. To America, actually, for my next two articles, because the news this week finally broke about Donald Trump. For the last five or six months since Trump got indicted and there was murmurs about a criminal investigation against him, the press have been absolutely desperate for a mugshot. You know, they've wanted that police shot of him looking like a criminal, and today they finally got it. But Trump, because him and his media team are legends, have turned this on their heads. Former US President Donald Trump has broken his silence on Twitter, I'm calling it Twitter, not X, after surrendering to charges related to plotting to overturn the results of Georgia's 2020 election. Trump's Twitter account had been permanently suspended after the Capitol riot in January 2021, but was reactivated when Elon Musk acquired it. Trump's first post on the reactivated account was a mugshot with the words Never Surrender and a campaign website link. Elon Musk later reposted the image with the comment Next Level. 
Trump has been using his own social media platform called Truth Social after his suspension. Some experts believe Trump's absence from Twitter may have benefited him politically by keeping him out of the public eye, while others see his return as a boost to Twitter's user engagement and advertising revenue. Within a few hours, Trump's post garnered over 36 million views and half a million likes, and it's almost double that now, Adam, a few hours later. Uh. So have you seen this image of Trump, and what do you think? I thought they were looking down a bit. I thought they tried to make him look like a criminal. Mugshots do that automatically. But I like the fact that he's put on this face and that defiant look, he's tried to make himself look badass. And in a way, I think he's succeeded. It will eventually go to court, I think. But this all seems to be, to me, to prevent him from running for president because... The um, Democrats are absolutely terrified that he's going to run and win, um, which he might do if his media campaign continues to be as strong as this mugshot has been. As if they have some sleepy Joe Biden's standard as a candidate, I, I think he may have a good chance. Well, there's been more footage of Joe Biden falling asleep in meetings than that this week, hasn't there? So, I, don't, um, I ain't seen that. Like I say, I don't know follow, follow the Makers News, but I do think that if Trump versus Biden again, I think Trump will win it back. Well, Biden, the man's a zombie. I think what the Democrats are desperate for is... Biden versus anybody but Trump. I can't imagine Biden going up against Trump in a debate now. Trump would destroy him. Well, the trouble is, if it's Biden against someone else, the other person will probably still destroy Biden. I agree. But I think at the moment the Democrats think we're in trouble here, but anyone but Trump, because Trump is so strong, actually. And whether you think he's good or bad... Trump is certainly strong. He certainly makes an impression. He's very divisive. So people either like him or they don't usually. But like I said, there may be a few swing voters out there that will probably decide that they didn't like Biden and they'll swing back to Trump. So, yeah. It's the chaotic, anarchic part of me that really, really likes Trump. Um, would I want him to be my president? Definitely not. <laughs> so if, 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 if you were in America... Would you choose Biden over Trump? This is a question. Do you vote for the evil guy or the loony? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't vote. I'd spoil my ballot just like I would do here. You know, they've got a shower of idiots just as bad as we have. Probably worse, actually. It's very divisive, it's America's politics. Uh, If you think ours is bad, you've just got to watch America's news. And uh, they're always talking about this person said that, that person said that. If you just look at the articles, they become main headlines. Well, maybe America will be made great again. <laughs> we shall but, see. Uh, America wasn't made great when Trump was there because the, all the media were just kept trying to cancel each other whilst he was in anywhere, so he didn't actually succeed in making America great, did he? No, but Afghanistan hadn't been surrendered. The economy wasn't crashing. Mm-hmm. Russia and Ukraine weren't at war. There's a lot of arguments you could make that, that said that Trump true. kept things going. That is true. If we look, to, for example, at the S&P 500, which is the US stock market, the economy hasn't really crashed anyway. So maybe whoever's actually president doesn't matter. Maybe the president <laughs> is just a figurehead. Yeah, because <laughs> the stock market seems to go up anyway, doesn't it? But 
other aspects of the economy and like I say, would this war be going ahead? Would we be having inflation? The US has had a lot more inflation since Trump's left. So who knows? So yeah. that inflation does make people power, doesn't it? And at the risk of sounding conspiratorial, who knows what impact the US president actually has. Does that post actually mean anything? Especially if we can have a meat sack like Joe Biden sat there right now. And the stock market's still growing. Yeah. (laughs) I want to finish with a piece of news that's a bit self-indulgent, Adam, but I know you'll be kind and bear with me. And it's about more American news, and it's more sporting news, if you think professional wrestling is a sport. And it's about a wrestler called Bray Wyatt, who was a three-time WWE World Champion, and his real name is Wyndham Rotunda, and he passed away yesterday at the age of 36. Very young. Three years younger than me. He'd been dealing with undisclosed health issues since February, and his death was sudden, according to his family. Wyatt came from a notable wrestling family and had a unique wrestling character. He portrayed various personas during his career and was known for his role as the villainous leader of the Wyatt family, which was like a cult. It was quite an interesting... um, idea actually he made a comeback in 2021 after being released from wwe and had recently been on the path to returning before his death wyatt had also openly discussed his struggles with mental health the cause of his death was reported to be a heart attack potentially exacerbated by previous heart conditions and a brush with covid19 he survived by his fiance children siblings and family members many in the wrestling community including Dwayne the rock johnson and mick foley Pay tribute to his unique character and contributions to the wrestling world. And I just wanted to share that one, Adam, because I thought he was a really great wrestler. And I think it is such a shame and scary about someone who is an athlete for a living dropping dead of a heart attack at 36. Yeah, but in a wrestler, though, isn't he? And you're always doing damage to yourself being a wrestler. But not your heart so much. It's more your body, isn't it, that you're bashing about? That is true, and that is quite concerning. I don't know how he managed that. But like I say, mentioned COVID-19, so... Are they hinting about COVID? Are they hinting about vaccines there? Who knows? Well, there have been quite a few sports stars who've had heart issues since COVID-19. And that's... Since yeah, some people speculating against the vaccine, I'm not saying that we can't investigate every individual case, but from what I have seen, there may be a slight link between it. It's being reported in lots of different ways when the sports stars do die of heart-related issues. And I don't even want to begin speculating about it here. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical person. And I don't know for sure if the number of sports people dying of heart attacks has gone up or down. It just seems to be getting reported a lot more when they do. But I wouldn't have missed this one anyway. To be honest with you, there have been excessive deaths, but they have near enough levelled off anyway. So... Maybe the vaccines may have caused a little bit of temporary harm, but since we've stopped uh, doing the vaccine rollout, it does seem to have gone down. So it does seem that the effects were very quick to um, affect people anyway. So hopefully we should be okay. But like I said, the excess deaths are still above average, but there's not a large number of excess deaths. With an ageing population and an increase in population, you'd expect slightly more deaths. So... I'm not actually overly concerned. No, but 36 for this guy is no age and it's a shame and it's another athlete 
talented person gone too soon and I hope there aren't any more because there was another wrestling death this week an older guy called Terry Funk as well so it's it's been a bad week to be a wrestling fan so thank you for letting me just share that one here Adam yeah, because he was a really good wrestler yeah and maybe one of the things that maybe come from it don't overdo it when doing exercise it's probably better for your health if you don't overdo it rather than not do overdo it because then it does increase the risks of certain stuff if you overdo it too much and that's coming from a park run beast here adam i'm not that good but um i did get a pb today but it was um i still don't think it would really and um i beat the times that i've got on that one twice but it's a harder course and batman is 21 20 so on the course which i find the easiest that brighouse when it's uh, on like round the path far and a bit of times I have managed 19.45 on that so that is a lot faster but I've never been as fast since I've come back from my slight injury so uh, but I did do 10.54 miles uh, this week on Tuesday You'll get there eventually, I'm sure, Adam. Just to, as you said, don't overdo it. Yeah, so what I'm doing, um, just a little quick note on that, whilst I'm training, when I'm doing my longer runs, obviously sometimes I'll go fast to practice on that, but when I'm doing my longer runs, I'm actually keeping them slow and steady. Maybe I might not get as good time, but on the longer runs, I'm just keeping them slow and steady just so that I don't do my body too much damage. You're right, look after yourself. Just you mentioning Pat Run as well, I wanted to mention to you as well, give you a recommendation, because a friend of mine suggested we meet in a park in Huddersfield this week because his wife had been there on park runs. We went to a park called Greenhead in Huddersfield. Have you ever been? I haven't, no, but I think my dad went once, he did a Huddersfield Park run. Um, I might not have gone because I just like going when it was raining, but like I say, I'm going every week, whether it's raining or not. Well, if you ever get a chance to run at Greenhead Park, I'd really recommend it. Absolutely beautiful. Really nice park. I'm yeah. definitely taking my kids back there again. Shout out to my friend Stuart, who I've known since I was... 11 years old, yeah. <laughs> very old friend of mine, and we had a great time at Greenhead Parks. Shout out as well to our friend Hamad as well, who's uh, had GCSE results this week. Mm. And, um, and he was very proud of his results, who mentioned on Facebook as well. So Yeah, he was quite keen to talk about um, the news of CITV closing, but we're hoping to um, get him involved in the podcast somehow in future. Watch this space, but for now it's a, just a shout out to him. Yeah, for now that's the case, and for now... I think we've finished. So, yep. um, but if you want to get involved, email us at breakthenewspod at gmail.com. That's the way to do it. Yes, it is. And be sure to start with your family and friends. So it's good night from me. Well, you might not be watching it at night. You may be watching it first thing in the morning or at any time during the day. But it's uh, goodbye from me and take care. You're feeling lonely today Come along and throw your cares away We're really glad that you're our friend And this is a friendship that'll never ever end Yowie wowie!